0: Log Talk Radio
1: Absolute Power Corrupts Absolutely. Go. 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 Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Never leave, never leave. Counting up money. We ain't never sleep. Never sleep. You got V12. I got 12 V. Yeah. Got bottles. Got got Hello, everyone, and welcome. Once again, I'm back. Hey, uh, you, guess who this is? You know who this is. This is JT, aka the Master, and this is the Master Plan. The number to call in is 347. 637 3220 I say that again, it's 347. 637 3220 is a place to be. If you want to talk to him, JT. The master, and you know that would be me. Got a great show in store for you today. Haven't been around for a while uh, on any of the shows. and um, But I promise we'll do better. Um, quite naturally, you hear me on the master plan today. We will be back on the FSP Cruise Show on the 23rd of February, starting on the 23rd of February again, um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night. And uh, quite naturally, on a Saturday, I know Mr. FSP, Vic Gardner, hasn't been around, but we will be broadcasting a show Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, next Saturday, which would be the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Today is the um, 20th, no, the 19th. So Saturday would be the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Saturday would be the 25th. And so we'll be we'll, we will be one um FSP show on Saturday, one p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on the FSP crew show, eight p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night. Quite naturally, um, next Sunday will be the last Sunday of uh, February. Unbelievable that this this year will will be as of next Sunday, will be the last Sunday in February. February. Wow. Time flies when you had not Before you know it, NFL Combine will be around. Uh, that starts, at uh, with March 3rd or whatever it is on, on the NFL network. Uh, and then we have the um, gearing up for the uh, – NFL draft, but they have off season programs thing going going on. Think a lot of things going on. Um, I mean you know there's a low, a two or three week low from the Super Bowl and all the hyperbole of the Super Bowl. And then there's a nice gap in there. Everybody catches their breath, uh, goes on vacation, to do what do what they do, uh, when either they are playing in the Super Bowl or not playing in the Super Bowl. And then it all gears back up. And very quickly, free agency is uh, uh going to be upon us in March. Um And let me let me lay let me lay this out for you, okay? Um what's going to take place? And how it, how it all how it all is going to work out. I'm just getting bit. Give you bits and pieces. I'm going to give you how it's all going to break down in the next uh, the important dates of 2017 for the NFL. February 5th, quite naturally, you had the Super Bowl. Um, f- February 28th to March 6th. I was a little off on that is the NFL Scouting Combine. Then ninth, three days after the Combine and an idea, some of these teams have ideas of what may be available to them. NFL free agency, the the old guys, not the city guys, but guys that have been in the league for a little bit, are free to take their wares anywhere they like, including re-signing with their own team that starts March 9th. Then you have a little lull in there, um about a little a little more than a month. Um, more, uh, almost two months, really. Then a uh, NFL draft which is going to be held this year in Philadelphia. Then the first training camp if the Cowboys play it, which they won't. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who's played in the Hall of Fame game, to be to be uh, truthful with you. But training camp starts up around the end of, between the middle and the end of July. Yeah, believe it or not. I mean, you're going to have some off-season programs, things like that, that teams have. Um, but, uh Training camp starts up near the end of July, and then you the, um the uh, the Hall of Fame. Excuse me, the Hall of Fame game, which is in August. Then you have the actually Hall of Fame, which is in um, August with the 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 guys that got in in. Um, Called out on the NFL honors The day before the Super Bowl And uh So believe it or not There's going to be quite a few things That are going to be um Coming up That for those NFL Enthusiasts those NFL Fans um Are not going to have a dull moment Because uh it's right around the corner Um Either Um you're going to have guys being signed to uh, NFL franchise taxes, tags, 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 or you're going to have um, guys being moved around. A lot of teams got, uh, uh, quite a few teams got some money to spend. Uh, the most would be the Cleveland Browns right behind the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So um, quite naturally, those two teams are, are um, I think pick, picking one or two, if I'm not mistaken, plus they have a lot of money to to use in, in cap space. But without further ado, I see my man, um, my fellow uh, FSP crew uh, ho- co-host, who uh, comes, w- comes on with me on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, has decided to join me for whatever amount of time he wants to. Hey, Jeff, what's up, Jeff?
0: Hey, Jerry. Uh, what's going on this morning?
1: My man, you are so, you know, <laughs> you are so laid back. You're one of the most laid back guys that I know. Um, I never okay. see you get uh, uh, too high or too low. But that's okay. It's been a while since we've been on the air. So, um, what's your thoughts on, um, or you have uh, something that you want to come bring up?
0: That is a heck of a compliment, my friend, because, uh, you know, uh, I- I've said that, and that was an unsolicited compliment it wasn't like i was fishing for it because oh no i've seen people do that Mm because i i you know everybody has their own little philosophy yep uh and 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 i've told a lot of people don't get too high don't get too low you know Mm -hmm. when things are good you know be happy but don't get carried (laughs) away and (laughs) and vice versa you know things are right. bad. It's just one day, or it's, if things are real bad, it, it's going to last longer than a day, of course. But don't don't get don't let yourself get too down about it. And mm-hmm. there was a movie. It wasn't that big of a movie. It's called Where the Day Takes You. And I've been saying it before, but the, one of the main characters kind of gave his philosophy on life, and he just said, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low, go where the day takes you. You know, and mm-hmm. You know, and that was a really good movie, though. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of – it was like an ensemble movie. A lot of – it was in the early 90s. A lot of good young actors were in that. Uh, it was about homeless kids on the street. You know, it was real serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, that – I think it was uh, Dermot Mulroney was the actor who uh, gave that little speech. You know, he was, I think, talking to a social worker or somebody like that. And I was like, man, that that guy just hit it right on the head. Um but also you, you've never seen me ticked off when uh, the post office messes up my mail or something like that, because, <laughs> you know, we all have our agitated moments. Right. And, you know, this goes way back. Uh, I've had some issues with the postal service. Like you, you don't want to know. Okay. Uh, I'll spare you the details, but, uh, you know, and that's when I want to fight the power and then some, because I also, I, I'm a strong believer in advocating for yourself. Uh, Within the you know proper boundaries, of course, mm-hmm. but you know just crying about it all day, which some people will do, then not doing anything about it—that that's really futile. You know, I don't like that. Um, but uh, uh, I missed the first few minutes. I think you're talking about life after uh, uh, NFL football season, and I swear, I think about this every year. A week after the Super Bowl, I think to myself, man, I wish the USFL was back. <laughs> You know, or, or some reasonable facsimile. Um, yep. now there is the arena league and I, I was a pretty big arena fan for a while. I had season tickets for a couple of years for the, uh, New Jersey team. And, and, you know, it started gradually, but I became a pretty big arena league fan. But ever since they shut it down in 2009, it's never been the same. And for, for several reasons, uh, because to me you know they said you know they were working on a business model they could have worked on the business model while playing the season because in in sports it's implied that you play every season i, I well unless you have a big strike or something which right. is, which happened in hockey you know that that's why they're now a distant fourth part of that was cuz of their uh, poor labor re- relations but even with the NFL you know yeah sure they they had strike they had a threatened walkout um lockout i mean and i i never remember them threatening to close shut for a season to to work on a business model i just that was a huge huge mistake and i think one of the things that happened after that was it hurt the resale value of franchises cuz at that point the and the teams weren't earning a lot of money but at least there was manageable losses and there was good Profit on the resale of franchises, kind of like a bad piece of real estate. You know, it won't make you money, but you'll make a profit on the sale. But
1: mm-hmm. once
0: you get, once that profit on the sale was, and I'm not a business guy, but I, I understand this. Once after the, the shutdown, the, the profits on the sale disappeared, and now they're, the Arena League is, uh, they're limping into uh, the next season. They're down to five teams. You can't have a league with only five teams.
1: Wow, really? Um,
0: yeah, I I mean I mean I still follow the league a little bit, but uh uh f- five teams, that that's not enough. I mean, even six at least you should have an even number. Um I I don't know how they're going to do it with five teams. Uh but, you know, I guess if they got to do that for a year or two until uh uh you know, they can get, you know, a few more you know, teams to make it a more respectable looking league, and I guess better a weak league than no league. But but they really blew it with that league. They really blew it because I think, uh, you know, up to 2009, it, you know, we'd have been slowly building. It had a little respect, but never been the same.
1: Okay, all right, we're gonna we're gonna kick this off um, in a I wouldn't say in a, a different way, but. Um, What I want to do is this, and I'm trying to get it up, is that I want to get your opinion on who is the biggest name. I'm not going to say he's a free agent right now, but who is the biggest name that may change teams, and all, all likelihood will change teams in the NFL this year, in your opinion?
0: Well, when you say free agent, does that include a guy who might get released from his contract? Yes. Because, because let's say, uh, I think Tony Romo, uh, I mean, I think, you know, the Cowboys want to do right by him. Uh, I think they would prefer to trade him, but if they trade him, the new team is on the hook for a big contract. So, in that situation, a team thinks, well, he might get cut, so why... And then if he gets cut, it'll it'll be a friendlier contract for the new team. So, um, you know, a guy like Tony Romo, despite his age and his injuries, you know, he plays at that position of quarterback, so he's a very well-known guy. Um, a lot of times in the NFL, the great players, they don't get to the last year of the contract. Uh, right. Usually, I think, uh, the, you know, two, maybe one year before it's over, the uh, they won't hit the market. Um you know uh i mean uh you know the giants uh they let go uh victor cruz and um that uh, rashad jennings i mean victor cruz is a bigger name and he's he's a jersey guy so uh very popular with the fans here um I, i'd like to see him back if he does come back it would be at a discount um i don't think rashad jennings is coming back uh i was not a huge fan of his i mean He's okay as a part-time running back or a backup, but uh, I don't think he's that great, and he's a uh, little injury-prone. Um, um, you know, nobody jumps to mind. and I, I guess. Um,
1: well, you're right, I Jeff. Jpg uh, J- J- J-
0: J- don't need to go any he further. Might, be, J-P-P
1: might
0: I think become available. Uh,
1: the the biggest name, in my opinion, um, that and, and like and I, and I preface it as saying that. Will possibly be a free agent, uh, and that should that quite naturally that gave you a clue right there, because it's more unlikely that, uh, and I'm heading toward Tony Romo. Uh, with every passing week in his rookie season, that press stop seemed to get better and better. Now, since he was a fourth round rookie, a fourth round draft pick, um, including signing bonus. This is this is the disparity in, in, in salaries here, including the signing bonus. Last year, Dak Prescott made eight hundred and thirty three thousand three hundred ninety three dollars. Okay, um, and for all intents and purposes, made uh, Tony Romo with the Dallas Cowboys um, obsolete. Now, Tony Romo's has, has, has a history of injury. His, his contract. His schedule, his scheduled cap hit for 2017 is 24.9 million. 24.9 million, and that's clear to the Cowboys. They would have a hard time justifying Tony Romo being on the roster as a backup. He's, he's, he's I wouldn't say he's only 36 years old. He's 36 years old, but he's injury prone. He's been one of the play, best players in franchise history, but it's more unlikely that, and, and with every passing moment from what I've been reading uh, uh, and observing on the net, that he's going to be released teams, eight teams that um, could very well um, want Tony Romo's services um Those eight teams, uh, in no particular order, uh, would be the um, New York Jets. And I'm not – this is no order. I'm just throwing them out there. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals, believe it or not. The Miami Dolphins. Denver Broncos, which is probably highly likely. Chicago Bears, which Jake Cutler may not be long for the Chicago um, – Bears, the Houston, my, my Houston Texans, who I think is a quarterback away from really being a strong contender with the defense they have and the offensive weapons they have, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are limited with uh, Alex, um, Alex Smith and being able to push the ball down the field, and the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, the only viable options, now I put these eight out there. But in my opinion, in my opinion, there are uh, uh, four, four out of those eight. Now, the other possibilities are long reaches. They have they have established quarterbacks <coughs> in it. Miami has Ryan Tannehill, who seems to be progressively getting better. Uh, I don't know where his ceiling may be, uh, and he's young. Uh, and he's not injury-prone like Tony Romo. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who have a veteran quarterback in in Carson Palmer, um, but I think his skill, skills are diminishing, but he's still a capable uh, starting NFL quarterback. Uh, the Chicago Bears that may want, not want to go with a older quarterback uh, because they need more help than just a quarterback – and it wouldn't wouldn't be it wouldn't behoove them i guess to in my opinion to get an injury prone quarterback when their offensive line is not good at protecting their quarterback uh the Kansas City Chiefs who uh i think that uh, even though Alex Smith is is limited that um he is a more durable than Tony Romo uh, and they they still need some um help on that offensive line uh, in protecting Alex Smith And uh, the Buffalo Bills Who Need more than help than just a Starting quarterback So the only viable guys I see here and I, and, and I I Can argue about the Jets because the Jets have Offensive line issues Their offensive line is getting older And they may not be as they were a few years back So the only viable options I see here uh, In my opinion, and I could be wrong But from what I'm seeing here is the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Uh, There may be a surprise team out there, like maybe the San Francisco 49ers, but I can't see that. Um, I think they're going to probably go young with Kyle Shanahan and and, uh, John Lynch. Jeff, what's your thoughts on a landing spot for Tony Romo? Yeah, I
0: think it would be, a team similar to the Jets, a team with with some talent and uh not a, not a team, you know, totally looking to rebuild like San Francisco. Now, um it's interesting you you know, I was thinking about I mean, I haven't been doing my homework. I didn't know this would be the question this week about uh, NFL free agents. I think Antonio Brown's contract is up. Uh I'll tell you, looking in recent history, I'll tell you the the Steelers do a great job of drafting and developing wide receivers. And then they have to make the tough decisions on who to keep and who not to keep. I assume they're going to keep Antonio Brown because he's probably the best receiver in the NFL at this point. Um, But like, uh, Hey, they had to let Emmanuel Sanders go. Um, They had to let Mike Wallace go when they let Mike Wallace go. I was thinking, Ooh, they might regret it, but I don't think they regret it because, his career since leaving Pittsburgh, I think, hasn't been as great as some people thought it would be. Um, even uh, you know, uh, they when his contract was up, he was a good player, not a star. Uh, Nate Washington that had to let him go, and uh, you know he and he totally took the high road about that. You know, because you know they they they, you know, he didn't find out about it in, uh, on the internet, you know, they gave him a call and they explained the cap situation and said, you know, they regretted that they're going to have to let him go. And he, uh, he said, Hey, this team, you know, I think he was an undrafted free agent. They signed him, They liked him, They developed him. He got an opportunity in Tennessee. They couldn't match it. They left on good terms, you know? Um, but you know, you look at those guys, that's a lot of good receivers for Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, uh, You know, some teams just, you know, uh, like the Packers, they just really know, even in the free agent era, they they really know how to draft and develop guys, and then they'll just go to the free agency for uh, very specific needs. Uh, I don't think you could be a good NFL team without using free agency, but it's just one piece of the puzzle. Um, You can't can't build your team exclusively through that. Um, I'll tell you. San Francisco, the 49ers. That is, uh, you know, every every year that goes by, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh looks like a bigger genius. I think they're now going on their fourth head coach in four years, uh, which usually with with that type of instability, you're not going to win in the NFL. Uh, and you know, don't get me wrong, I like John Lynch, but uh, I wonder if he has the necessary experience to be a good GM. You know, who knows? He could be another Matt Millen. I think he's a little sharper than Matt Millen, but the fact is, you know, John Lynch, uh, you know, he's a great player. Uh, Obviously, he's he's an intelligent man, you know, uh, graduated from Stanford. Uh, He's a good broadcaster, but still, you know, he doesn't have NFL front office experience. So uh, 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 I'm very curious about that hire. I mean, like I said, I like Lynch, I have nothing against the guy but you know you need some experience for uh, well that i type don't know if you position, know, I, I don't think. know
1: no i don't know if you know this or not but the San Francisco Warriors also hired uh, Martin Mayhew, um, who uh, was the GM for the Detroit Lions uh, for a lot of years <laughs> to i guess to, to help John Lynch in, in i guess prepare for the draft and and cap and dealing with the cap and all, kind, all the kind of things that are interest, interest, intricacies uh, of the GM um, job. So um, I don't know how, how long, I know he doesn't have a six year contract like Kyle Shanahan and, and, and John Lynch have, but I would think that they would hire him to um, mentor or to give advice to John Lynch on what, what and how to do things at the GM. Um, Because he, he, Mayhew did put together uh, decent teams. Maybe they were lacking in uh, defense, but the the offensive side of the ball, he was able to put decent pieces on the field. Um, And uh, Kyle Shanahan being an offensive guy, um, it would be a benefit to have somebody that can do that uh, to help John Lynch. I think Lynch is going to be dealing with the draft, and uh, I guess cap space, and, and uh, uh, Shanahan will probably have the last say in who's on his roster. So, anyway, uh, I, I I saw saw something from um, the, uh, an odds maker in uh, a Bovado. If you ever heard of the, these people, I've never heard of them, but um, they they put out a um. Well, this is from uh, courtesy of Um Puts some odds out on where Tony Romo may land: fourteen to one for the Miami Dolphins, ten to one to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, eight to one to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Come on, oh, my screen's freezing up on me here. Um, it would be. Uh, Eight to one to the Dallas Cowboys, which I find it hard to believe that they'll keep him. Um six to one for the to the New York Jets. Uh five to one, six to one also to the Buffalo Bills, five to one, and and I was surprised at this I thought the odds would be higher of him going to Chicago. I don't know why uh that would be and then it's four to one, believe it or not, to the Houston Texans and two and a half to one. Um and I think this is a consensus for a lot of people. Um, I, I'm not sure about it. Uh, it all depends on if Tony w- wants to go to Denver or if he wants to stay in-state. Two and a half to one to the Denver Broncos. Now, if he wants to stay in-state, which uh, uh, it would be the Houston, Texans. I don't know if uh, Houston would want to take him. That would be a uh, – <sighs> Their team, just like the Denver Broncos, the team that's ready to win now versus uh, developing someone uh, with the pieces they have, Uh, quite naturally, Brock Osweiler has been a huge disappointment. They're going to be uh, competing uh, in this next training camp. I'm talking about the Houston Texans. So Brock doesn't have, his contract doesn't dictate that he's going to be the starter. So it's going to be very interesting fantasy wise and reality where Tony Romo goes. So be, besides where you fall on the side of whether you like Tony Romo or not, when Tony Romo's on the field, he's a very effective quarterback. As long as you give uh, Tony Romo uh, the protection he needs, he can make all the throws and can uh, do a lot of damage. Uh, but it's, it's a matter of keeping him upright and healthy. That's the key. Uh, and unfortunately, um, last year wasn't the case. 2015 wasn't the case. I think 2014 was the last year that he had a full year that he uh, balled out and was a hell of a quarterback because they kept him upright. Um, so, we'll have to wait and see where Tony Romo lands. That's going to be... <clears throat> Um, Like I said uh, He uh, looks like he may get released And if he gets released uh, There's going to be teams Quite naturally with a seasoned Experienced quarterback That are going to Go after him Um, And it all depends on how much of a hit Quite naturally uh, 24 million cap hit 2017 Wow That's a hell of a hit That's a hell of a hit anyway, free agency like i said starts uh march ninth um and um players are getting <clears throat> um can be signed now there's a, there's a a week a week or two uh, gap where you can sign your own players if, if i'm not mistaken jeff um and uh then the NFL combine is it starts the, the first week in um uh, really the first week in march so uh, with that being said, I, I got a mock draft here of where I think these teams may go uh, in picking players in the, uh, in the draft that's going to take place in the later part of April in, in Philly. And right off the bat, the Cleveland Browns have the first pick. They got the, a couple picks in the first round. I think they have they have quite a few picks, and I'm not exactly sure how many picks they have within the first three or four rounds, but have uh, a plethora of picks that uh, and, a, and a hell of a lot in cap space. Um, so in that division, I this year I expect the um, Browns to make a substantial noise in the uh, AFC North. They need a defensive line, they need a quarterback, and they need uh, help on the, um, uh, in, in the interior offensive line. So with the first pick, in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns are going to take the best player in the draft. Um, and I feel, and before I uh, announce the first pick for the Cleveland Browns, I think the this draft, uh, in my opinion, is strong on running backs, um, decent in wide receivers, uh And defensive players in all three levels in defense, linemen, linebackers, and DBs uh, are strong on this. The weakest part of this NFL draft, in my opinion, offensive linemen and quarterbacks. Ironically, it's on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is one of the weaker classes in uh, quarterbacks, uh, quite naturally, a lot of not want say a lot of teams, but there are going to be teams that are going to take in the first round, but I don't think there's a quarterback that's first round worthy, even though he may get picked in the first round uh in most drafts I think the the, the quarterbacks, if they were in last year's draft or the year before, would get picked in the third or fourth round, not even the second round, third or fourth round and beyond versus the quarterbacks that are going to get taken in the 2017 draft. So with the first pick in the NFL draft, the uh, Cleveland Browns, who need, like I said, help on the defensive line, will take the best player available, and the best player in the draft is uh, uh, Miles Garrett, a defensive end um, uh, uh, from Texas A&M, who's supposed to be bigger than Von Miller, but has Von Miller-type skills. With that being said, after that, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have the second pick and also have the second highest cap space. Unbelievable that there's two teams, uh, I mean, in, in ideal positions to make big splashes in free agency and also in the draft because they have a high draft pick or picks and a a huge amount of money available in the cap. And quite naturally, Kyle Shanahan needs a quarterback. They need defensive line and and linebacker help. And they also need help on the offensive line. That's a lot of help from four different positions. That's a lot of help that they need. Um, And it all starts with the quarterback. Now, will the San Francisco Niners take a quarterback in the first round or will they take somebody on the defensive side of the ball cuz I don't think there's anybody on the offensive especially early this early in the draft an offensive line that you want to take uh or do you take somebody on the defense? Kyle Shanahan is a offensive minded coach, head coach. So, I'm thinking and I I said it before, but, and I'll say it again, I don't think there's any quarterback that's first-round worthy, but there's going to be some quarterbacks taken in the first round. And with that first-round first, that first round pick that the San Francisco 49ers have, I think they'll take Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback out of North Carolina. Um, I'm going to do five, three more picks, and then I'm going to get your opinion on, on the first five picks that I have here, uh, Jeff. Now, the Chicago Bears have the third pick. Um, and they need help, just like a lot of other teams that don't have a good record. Quarterback, cornerback, and offensive line. Now I already said that I don't think there's any 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 uh, um, players here on the offensive line that are worthy of early first round picks. So I'm discounting that they'll they'll pick an offensive lineman. I said this is strong on defense. And, and at all three levels, so they they're, 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 the defensive need is a cornerback. I don't think they're going to take a cornerback in this. I think they're going to – I wouldn't say buck the trend, that they're going to take someone that they need um, that can play um, either on the uh, defensive tackle or, or, or in a 4-3 or a 3-4 defensive end. And uh, I'm thinking that they'll go to the runner-up in the national championship and pick out Jonathan Allen from Alabama. Excuse me, Jonathan Allen from the D- uh, University of Alabama, who can play as a defensive tackle in the four-three or a defensive end in the three-four. My fourth pick is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville still has a little bit of money in the cap Because they didn't spend it all last year um, But they don't have as much as they, the, the first two guys The first three guys And Jacksonville needs offensive line Help, defensive line help And, and uh, they need somebody In the back end uh, as a safety So they'll go to the uh, uh, Louisiana State University and pick up Jamal Adams uh, A safety from uh, LSU and the fifth pick, who is with the, um, come on, Tennessee Titans, uh, who are an up-and-coming team that needs needs help in the cor- cornerback uh, position and the wide receiver. Now, they may go uh, to free agency and pick up a wide receiver from somewhere. But the uh, and I do believe that that's probably the route they're going to go, or take a wide receiver later in the draft. Um, but I think they're going to co- go cornerback and go to the uh, state of Ohio and Ohio State and take up Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback from Ohio State. Jeff, my first five picks are um, in ascending order: a cornerback for the Tennessee Titans. A, um, a, um, come on, come on, uh, um, a safety for the, um, for the, uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, a defensive tackle or defensive end, defensive end depending on the scheme for the Chicago Bears. A uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and quite naturally a number one pick who I think is the best player, Miles Garrett, a defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. What's your thoughts?
0: You know, um, I have to admit I haven't been following the the mock drafts too closely because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's plenty of time and and the combines are very important. uh, And it's not just who can run the fastest, it's, you know, who's prepared who's right. mature, who's professional, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll tell you, I mean, someone might do it, but uh, you know, it doesn't pay to reach a quarterback and believe me, I know how important that position is. Right. Um but over drafting and or overpaying at that valuable position is not gonna help your team. And uh excuse me, I mean look at uh Denver Broncos just last year, um they had, uh, you know, Peyton Manning at quarterback, who was obviously physically running out of gas, and uh, a raw Brock Osweiler, and they did not get great production from that position. But they had the best defense in football, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. They had a good running game, and they won despite it. It's rare, but it can happen. And um, but uh, it just o- overdrafting and overpaying based on need does is not a winning formula.
1: Um, Never has been.
0: It it, it really isn't, Um, and uh, I'll tell you, um, seeing a safety go in the top five, you don't see that too often. But I'll tell you, if if he's a big playmaker, then it's a good pick. I mean, uh, you know, the Giants got Landon Collins, and he's he's looking like, you know, uh, they could be. He's still got a long way to go, but you know, in two years, he's looked so good. Pretty soon, people i uh, going to start mentioning him in the same breath as, uh, you know, big playmakers like uh, uh, Ed Reed and uh, Palomalu. I love, Land- uh, I, I love, I love
1: Landon Collins, man. Yeah, I had him on too. A, a, few, <laughs> a, few, a few fantasy teams, man, and he and, and always brought it every week. Yes. Oh, man, I, I love that Landon Collins. He's a big play
0: guy. He's also a tackle guy. Yep. They got him in the second round, and – you know, even his rookie year, he didn't play like a rookie, and one of the great cliches is on draft day, teams will, you know, their second-round pick, they'll say, oh, we had him rated as a first-rounder, uh, and I think he was rated as a first-rounder by a lot of people, and, um, you know, this guy really brings it. I can't say enough things about him, um, and I learned at a young age about teams drafting for need. I mean, when I was a kid, I was a big, big giant fan, and... uh when they did think when they drafted Lawrence Taylor, I think he was the number two pick in the draft. They had a lot of other needs, especially on offense. And they had two multiple pro bowl linebackers at the time, you know, Harry Carson and Brad Van Pelt. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. what what do they need? They already got two great linebackers. What do they need this guy from North Carolina for? But believe me, (laughs) probably, uh, uh, about midway through September, I realized that LT was the real deal. And, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the greatest uh, NFL defensive players of all time. Um changed
1: the game. He changed the game.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Right. Um mm-hmm. so uh you know, I'll tell you uh, personally uh I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think the NFL t- draft should be abolished. Uh I guess I think the NFL has an antitrust exemption, but who knows? They can get rid of that someday because it no. uh, I I'm against it on principle. Be, but you know it's been around forever, so people don't question it. But just because something's been around a long time doesn't mean doesn't make it right, and doesn't mean you shouldn't question it. Think about it. If when you graduated high school, somebody says, "Oh well, uh, Jerry, uh, you got to go work in uh, Minnesota," you said, "Well, I don't want to work in Minnesota. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I want to stay home in uh, near home in New Jersey, or maybe I want to go to Florida or California." Mm-hmm. They say, "No, no, no, no. You want to work." you got to go to Minnesota. What kind of nonsense is that? Um, so
1: what, would, what would you have as an alternative?
0: Well, free agent, but as long as the, the, there would most likely be salary cap involved. And, and I don't think it would be that bad because you could say, oh, well, college players would only want to go with the great teams. But I don't think so because there would probably be a cap involved. And also a lot of guys would be looking for opportunity, uh, not just to sit on the bench with, with a great team um uh, you know uh I, like i said i i think the draft should be abolished uh it's i it's just it's it's a it's a restraint of free trade uh i mean the thing is i i guess you could say well, you could play your pro football elsewhere, but there's nowhere else to play football for that kind of money
1: right you
0: you could if you sit out for a year then you become a free agent. But you don't want to sit out a year, and I think uh, the perception of guys like that is very negative. Um, uh, I can't even remember the last time someone did that. Uh, I mean, guys could threaten it, but unless there's another league or, you know, you play another sport, you don't have a lot of leverage, if you know, if you threaten to sit out. But the more I – you know, the more I think about it, I mean, I, I, I just – can't stand the NFL draft. I mean, that's the system we have, and it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. And and, like I said, I don't think it would be anarchy if they abolished it. And they'd probably have, you know, a cap involved, and teams would have to sign a minimum of X amount of players. And uh, you can only bring so many guys to camp, which that I don't understand because uh, they don't have a developmental league. And how do you get to know players for real? unless you put them in pads and have them practice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL teams used to bring a lot more guys to camp. I think now it might be maybe at most 90, maybe it's 80. They used to easily have intra-squad scrimmages. They can't have that anymore. They don't have enough guys. That's why so many NFL teams work out against other NFL teams during training camp now. That used to, there used to be no need for that. Um, thing is, if you bring more guys to camp, you got to pay them. But they don't get full salary in camp. You know, we're talking, you know, undrafted free agent guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting, I think, 500 bucks a week. You know, I mean, it, it would cost the team a few bucks, but relatively speaking, it would not be a big expense just to, you know, see what these guys can do. Um, but uh, for I, I don't – you know, it's funny. I mean, considering how much they pay to the Stars – I mean, I don't know if they were worried about paying too much for training camp. I don't know why they, they cut the training camp rosters. I have no idea. So
1: <clears throat> That could have been a uh, CBA type, type of thing. Um, could
0: be, but yeah, but why, I think you it was. I mean? so. Yeah. I, 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 I don't right. get it. Because you, know, you, you could be missing out on some really good players. Um, uh, You know, like one of those guys who probably now wouldn't get invited to camp was a uh, – guy like Drew Pearson, because back mm-hmm. then, the Cowboys, I think, brought well over 100 guys to camp every year. Uh, a lot of them were undrafted free agents from small colleges, like Drew Pearson, who played quarterback at Tulsa. And, uh, you know, once they got him in pads and, you know, uh, and had him uh, playing wide receiver, boom, he became a star player, uh, borderline Hall of Famer. Maybe if he stuck around a little longer, he could have been. mm mm-hmm. um, but guys like that, you know, now maybe Canada, what's left of the Arena League, that's it. They, they don't get the camp invitation. So, uh, you know, you're missing, you could be missing out on some very good talent.
1: All right, let's move on to the number six pick. And uh, the New York, my former, my former um, team, the New York uh, number six, because of their stellar record. Um, and their needs are quite naturally, like everybody doesn't know. Is a quarterback um, first and foremost. They need a quarterback. Um, they need an outside linebacker, and they also need a cornerback. Um, but their biggest need is a quarterback. And uh, I think the Jets. Now the Jets can go two different ways here, because they have an aging running back in in um, in. Uh, um, Oh my God! I can't believe I can't remember his name now. Matt Forte, and, and a a running back that's pretty versatile and below Powell. But there are some, and like I said earlier, um, when I pre- when I started this uh, conversation about the draft, I think the court the draft is strong on running backs, wide receivers, and defensive players in all three levels. So the Jets can either go for a quarterback but I told you that I don't think there's quarterbacks in this draft that are first round worthy, even though there are going to be quarterbacks taken. they can either go to a running back, someone like Leonard Fournette or, um, 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 Dalvin Smith. Um, or they can go quarterback for, 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 for this box. I'm going to say that the jets will take a quarterback and the, uh, college football quarterback championship. This guy shone and brought his team back and threw their winning touchdown to make uh, um, Clemson the uh, uh, college football champion that they are now. And I'm talking about Deshaun Watson um, from Clemson. He is the second-best quarterback in his class, but he's got – Very high character, in my opinion, and um, he may be able to flourish with the Jets. Um, Quite naturally, most people who are Jet fans know that they're not bringing back Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it's Christian Hackenberg, Bryce Petty, and whoever they draft. It's going to be the competition for who starts in the court and quite naturally Geno Smith. Um, so that's four quarterbacks. They carried four quarterbacks last year. I don't know if they're going to do it for a second year, um, but I think they're going to try to bring in a young quarterback in there into Sean jackson into uh, sean uh watson and and uh I think he'd be the the, the uh, sixth pick for the Jets in this draft. going to the seventh pick, which would be the um Los Angeles Chargers, who had a disappointing season. And on moving to uh, Los Angeles versus always for the last forever was considered the San Diego Chargers, and now they're going to be the L.A. Chargers. They need help on the offensive line, specifically the offensive tackle. Uh, they need help in the backside of the defense, as in a safety and um, a wide receiver. Now they've had they have had capable wide receivers, Keenan Allen and the like. But those wide receivers, for whatever reason, can't seem to stay healthy. I don't know if it's a cloud over the wide receiver room in San Diego, but it seems like uh, every year they, they draft the same type of wide receiver. And it's, it's a speed guy, but a guy that doesn't have, for, for lack of a better word, too much, too much meat on his bones. And he, and he, he tends to be a, a little fragile. But I don't think they go that way um, in wide receiver or offensive tackle. I think for the second time in this draft, early in the draft, I think they go to a a safety. Uh, Malik Hooker. Um, It's a passing league. You got Denver that's going to be passing the ball in this. You got uh, um, Oakland. And uh, you also have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Even though Kansas City and Denver are more of a running team, you still need somebody in the back end. Besides being uh, a run support in, in uh, as a safety, you need somebody in the back end that can that can defend, it. being a safety also. And I think they go that in. The Carolina Panthers uh, two seasons ago, or seasons ago, I should say, 2016, were in the Super Bowl. Not in the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, they're the eighth pick in this NFL draft. And uh, they need an offensive line because Cam Newton was running for his life, getting getting beat up. They need a pass rusher. Um, yeah, they need a pass rusher. They didn't have a, a strong pass rush. And in a league that has Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan, you definitely need a pass rusher. And the other weakness that they have and needed to have is the cornerback. I don't think they go that way. I think they go because their running back core is getting older and not as efficient as it was in the past. And I think they go to um, a running back. Same state, he just moves over. Uh, not same state. Same part of the region. In, in, but moving up from Florida, I'm talking about Delvin Cook, who's from Florida State. To the count on the Panthers because Ron Rivera likes to run the football first and foremost. The ninth pick is the Cincinnati Bengals, another team that took a downturn this year. And now has a ninth pick. Um they they need offensive line help, linebacker help, and pass rush, pass rusher. And like I said, it's this draft, in my opinion, is weak on offensive line help and the quarterback. Now, I've already had two quarterbacks taken in the first round, and um, but it's not going to be here. Cincinnati needs a pass rusher. I think they go to the University of Michigan and pick up a guy called Taco Charlton, a defensive end, um, that can help with the pass rush and uh, in in a league that has Ben Roethlisberger a, and um, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is not a big passing guy, but you need a pass rush in this type of environment that we are dealing with, and was in, in the NFL in in defending against the pass. And uh, uh, Charles, Charlton would be a good pickup, and to round out the t- the 10th pick, which is from the, um, Buffalo bills who had a disappointing season and Rex Ryan paid the price for that. They need offensive tackle safety quarterback and wide receiver. Now they, they, now they do, do still do have Tyrod Taylor that I guess they're still up in the air about, uh, and some people in some circles are saying that Cardell Jones can uh, take over the uh, uh, starting quarterback role. I don't know about that. But uh, I think they go offensive tackle. Um, I know I, I said this, it's weakness uh, in this draft. I, I still believe that. But uh, I think that's where they go. Um, I don't think there's anybody uh, worthy of quarterback or wide receiver uh, this early, number 10. Uh, uh, I didn't just say worthy, but I don't think they go to wide receiver. Now, I could be wrong. This is just – still. this is February. We got all the way up until April that I, I may change this. But for now, I think they take an op- offensive tackle from University of Wisconsin who are known for offensive linemen, Ryan Ramchick an offensive tackle out of um, Wisconsin. All right, Jeff, I'm going to tax, tax you now because I don't think you know some of these guys. Uh, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, You're right. I'll tell you, um, the Wisconsin has produced uh, some excellent offensive line, and uh, one of them is uh, currently a uh, standout for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some programs do produce certain positions, yep. but you don't, want to overemphasize it because once in a while I think, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, some some teams would just assume every linebacker from Penn State was going to be a great NFL right. player, and, and yep. that was not always the case. So mm-hmm. you you have to judge players based on their own merit. And I guess the flip side of that is uh, the same program, a very good program at University of Wisconsin, had some running backs who disappointed in the NFL.
1: So exactly. people
0: painted um, – Melvin Gordon with that brush. Well, you know what? He has a much different style than, uh, guys like PJ Hill and Ron Dane and, and, and those guys. Mm -hmm. And people were also too quick to label him as a failure after one disappointing season. I mean, running backs frequently can't excel in their first year, but that does not always happen. Um, but just people were talking about some kind of Wisconsin running back curse and that, that was not accurate at all. Um, but, and and you know when Dallas was putting together that line I think people always expect excitement from a team owned by Jerry Jones on draft day and they invested a lot of high picks in the offensive line and I couldn't believe they were getting criticism for it it's like hey that's the real meat and potatoes way to build your team and uh it really is you know uh you put together a great line it can make average quarterbacks and running backs look terrific uh and believe me, they, uh, uh, it, it definitely paid off for Dallas. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the thing is, it's a, the NFL, the, the whole thing about the draft is very strange. And then, you know, the combine, you know, the underwear Olympics, you know, <laughs> that, that's also strange, but, uh, you know, I, I guess the purpose, I, I mean, there obviously is a need for the combine and, uh, there is game film, but it's not NFL game film and guys played against various levels of competition and, 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 and some of it is a, you know, like a job market, you know, you, it's a, it's an opportunity, convenient opportunity for teams to interview a lot of players. Um, and, and so, I mean, it, uh, you know, there, of course there've been guys, you know, the workout warriors who really, whose status skyrocketed after, uh, the combine but i don't don't think that happens a lot Uh, it's just a good opportunity there for guys to show what they got maybe if they're coming off an injury they could show that they're healthy um you know if they've had an issue or two it gives them a chance to talk face to face and address that with teams but uh it, it is if you look at it from the outside the combine is a very strange thing
1: okay so um To round off the uh, top 10 picks, number six is Deshaun Watson from the University of um, Clemson. Uh, Number seven would be the uh, Los Angeles Chargers pick Malik Hooker, a safety from Ohio State. Number eight would be the um, Carolina Panthers who take Dalvin Cook, running back from um, Florida State. Number nine would be the uh, Cincinnati Bengals who take a defensive end from Michigan called Taco Charlton, and the last pick, uh, not last pick, but the tenth pick, um, who is the, um, come on, who is the um, <sighs> Buffalo Bills would be a offensive lineman. Uh, specifically, specifically, an offensive tackle from Wisconsin, Ramichik. All right, that's enough time that we. Ha- that's enough time. That's the time we have uh, for the master plan on Sunday. Um, before I close this show out and we get out of here, uh, tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'll be sit holding it down here, um, talking about the. Uh, um, The uh, Week in Sports, Um, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. I got my co-host on Thursday. We'll be be coming back on Thursday um, with the uh, FSP Crew Show, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be there. Um, We'll be holding it down. uh, When I say we, it's me and and Jeff. Before I leave out of here, I got to get Jeff the same opportunity I gave him on Thursday of Thursday his final thoughts. Jeff, what's your final thoughts before we get out of here?
0: Um, It's been a pleasure. Tune in again. Uh, There was something I was going to bring up, but you got to tune in on Thursday to hear it.
1: All right, Jeff. Well, tune on on Thursday. We'll be here 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday night. That being said, I'm just going to drop the mic and end the episode. See ya.